Welcome to Nerdy Nectar Chronicles. I'm Chris. And I'm Evie. Come sip and nerd with us. Happy Black History Month, everyone. This episode is called DB for President. So last year, last Dragon Con, we got to go to the DB. Actually, I think it was the Lucifer panel because it was DB and Leslie. It was the Lucifer panel, except that it was during the strike. So they technically couldn't talk about Lucifer. And it was DB Woodside who plays Amenadiel. Mm-hmm. Leslie who plays Mackie. And then the chick that plays the <laughs> Detective Decker, Lord. But yeah, the three of them from Lucifer and they didn't get to talk about it. So they got to talk more about just their experiences and how they got started and just regular life stuff. And it was refreshing. It was so refreshing because if you've ever been to panels and listened to some of the questions and they're only talking about the show and then get to go to a panel where the questions were already sent in before the panel because they did a little differently with the strike and making sure that everything was within the parameters of the strike. So they were able to go through the questions quicker because they didn't have the person be like, oh, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I love you. Your show is amazing. And my question is, you got to skip all of that and also got to ask questions about them as people. And so you got to see the actors' personalities come out like so much more. And I thought that was beautiful. It really was. And I personally, panels are one of my, I'm just like a panel girl at Dragon Contest. I wake up before everybody in our room. I'm like, yeah, I go to my first panel of the day. Even fan panels where it's just like not even guests coming. I just like discussing the stuff the shows and stuff, which is you know, part of why we're doing a podcast. So we can do that with all of you all the time. But it was really cool to get that aspect of it. So I'm not just talking about just the characters that I love, which I do love all of their characters so, so much. But hearing them talk about just themselves mm-hmm. and kind of giving us that the person behind the character. We got to see a lot of the humans behind the role. I have a lot of friends who are actors, both on stage and or on the screen. And while their talent should be celebrated, I would hate for that identity to get lost. For DB, he spoke about, not only is this man beautiful, <laughs> but he's just intelligent and emotionally intelligent and just all of it. And his, everything he was talking about as far as like the political climate and things in the world and just his experiences and his perspectives on even how differing opinions, how people should react and how we can do better as a whole. And everybody in the audience was just like, do you want to run for office? I actually think Leslie or Lauren, you should run for office. And we're all like, yes, vote for DB. We start yelling, DB for president, DB for president. And because he just, he resonated with us so much. Even talking about starting with like football and then found his theater people. And it just, he connected with everybody. And you don't always get to see that or hear any of that. So that's why we named this episode DB for President. This episode is about Black representation in the media. And I think it's fitting that we based it from seeing that the man or a Black man behind the character because of a big part of Black representation isn't just having a Black face on your screen or page, but having Black identity reflected in these worlds. So that's why we, you know, perfect for this kind of episode and for this month. <laughs> yes, for Black History Month. Because it, it's kind of important to make sure that the, like, the actor doesn't get lost in the character. Mm-hmm. And then also 
their race and skin color shouldn't be the only thing that matters in that character. So that's some of the stuff that we want to discuss. And DB was like the perfect starting point for us. So we crafting our episodes and launching in February as women of color, we were like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity. We have to do some around Black History Month and Black representation. And I'm very curious to see how our uh, audience follows with that because to just hop right into it at the beginning will be interesting to see who sticks around and who actually listens long enough to actually get the message. Because obviously we're not just always going to talk about just race and things like that, but it is a big part of our perspective mm-hmm. here because that's what you're getting. And so... It'll be interesting to see who sticks around for that. Yeah, because <laughs> we're all about diverse voices that don't always get talked about and a perspective that we don't see being talked about. This is something that not only we want it to do, but that we want it. Like, we want to be able to listen to some nerdy people that look like us and discuss these type of things. And there are creators out there because we will be highlighting some of our favorites, but there's not enough. There's not enough people that look like us that want to talk about these things and talk about the black and representation and just BIPOC like across the board. Obviously this month we're going to be focusing on black people because of the month that it is, but it's really important to give voices to the ones that don't have voices and talk about it from a different standpoint. And I hope that people stick around and listen to us and that they're willing to hear the point of view that we have. I think especially with this episode and just how we're starting the month, you said it perfectly. You're like bringing voices to those not usually heard. And I think with representation, it's not just about the face you see on the screen. Like you can throw your token black person (laughs) on the screen every day. But if you're not, my whole thing is you can't fully have true representation until you give an identity to that actual person and give a voice to that person on the screen and behind the scenes. Because I feel like that's a lot of what we're missing on even portraying these folks. So yeah, I think that's just how we got to this episode. (laughs) That's the reasoning behind this episode and behind the title of our... Our bar episode being DB for president. But... (laughs) Okay, so one thing that we were talking about going into this episode and brainstorming is characters that deserved better in their respective shows. (laughs) My favorite character of he deserves better Mm -hmm. is from Lost Girl. And what character is that? Hale? Warning, there might be some spoilers. However, the series finale episode aired in 2015. Yeah. Hale Santiago was one of the very few melanated (laughs) folks on that. Because I don't technically know if his family was, know what their actual background was supposed to be with the last name Santiago. But... We do recognize Afro-Latinos here, just FYI. Oh, no, I know we do, but I know sometimes they don't. You know, some people, like, don't want to be considered certain things. I don't want to Uh tell on anybody's whatever. I'm just saying, if you are somebody that... I don't know what they were trying to written in. ...identifies as Afro-Latino, that's not something that we're trying to take away. Like, we acknowledge Afro-Latinos. That's something that we will talk about during Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes, I said that because I know there's 
a lot of just back and forth as far as black versus African versus African Latino and things like that. Yeah. So I didn't want to impede. Yeah. And it was 2015. So yeah. So I don't know what <laughs> I honestly don't know. But anyway, he was a siren in the show and he was just such an amazing character and a definite favorite. And they, it was like they reduced him down to this, what do I want to say? I want to say it bad because I love her as well. Who? Kenzie? Yeah. But like making just a love interest? Just a love interest, but also like that kind of propelled her story more. Hale was a character, like at the beginning, you didn't get too much of him. You get him sprinkled around and he's mm -hmm. like the main male interest's buddy. Like he's like the best friend mm -hmm. of the main male character. And that was kind of the role that he filled at the beginning, I feel like. And I also feel like they kept making him almost, I know they were partners and they acted as partners, but there were so many times where he'd be like, oh yeah, you take care of this. And he'd like throw the word, Dyson would say, throw the word like buddy or something like that in there to try to reinforce that they were partners. Mm -hmm. But it was like, he'd hand off these tasks and I'm like, he's not your assistant. Either And that's how it felt. Like, he was the main detective, and then he was just like, the, let me, like, work under you. And that's not how it was. Because they were partners. Because very first episode, who actually took down, like, <laughs> who actually got Bo in the van. Hello. So, it was way more than that. And then the moment that we got to see more of Hale, it was quickly taken away. Because Kenzie is one of my favorite female characters of the show. And getting to see how her character grew with her relationship with Hale was just like, ah, oh, they're both blossoming and we're getting more airtime of my two favorite characters. And they're like the sidekicks that band together. Yes, and like, <laughs> this is one of those shows that you might like the sidekicks more than the main characters. But anyways, Seeing the sidekicks finally have their moment to shine, especially because they were such robust characters. And the way that the actors portrayed these characters is just like, oh my god, you guys are amazing. And this is fantastic. And now I'm seeing you guys more and it's making me happy. And then it was like a rug got pulled from under me. My boyfriend was so mad when Hale died. Okay, that is your spoiler. I probably should have said spoiler right before he I said, said that. He was done wrong. We tried to allude to it. So. Anyways, he get killed. Okay, he was killed in the show. And I still remember because my boyfriend was just like, of all the characters to kill. He is a bow hater. Even though Bo is the main character. I'm not talking about her today. Well, we're not talking about her. <laughs> but my boyfriend was just like, of all the characters to kill, why hell? And the thing is, it didn't do a lot for the plot that season. It had no purpose, but it was like they were saying he had served his purpose. In it my mind. And that's what, that's what keeps happening. That's why we're like, so many of these characters get done wrong. Because it's like, that was their purpose. To assist this non-melanated character. character or to push the story along or to be this sacrifice for their girl or for their partner or whoever else's storyline without actually putting more effort into building their own, which they are solid, if not almost even better characters on their own. And then it makes you think like, how many black characters don't get a happy ending? How many black characters should be getting happy endings and they don't? Either because they get killed off 
their shows get canceled because of whatever XYZ season the network or the streaming service gives you. Because looking at you, HBO, and canceling, what's the name of that show? Which one? It was like the, the horror show. Oh, Lovecraft. Yes. Lovecraft Country got nominated for all of these awards had the viewership because I didn't know anybody that was not watching it. Like everybody was talking about this show. If you weren't watching it, somebody was talking you into watching this show. And it got all these awards, but it got canceled. And it's just like, why are these black voices getting canceled or being killed? I feel you. I see what you mean on that one. For Lovecraft, I'm a little torn. I do not. I I was like in an uproar for it being canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely an uproar for it being canceled. Uh, I loved it, and I loved seeing a little bit of horror, a little bit of sci-fi, and oh my god, the acting itself, the acting itself, my girl, (laughs) she, this, if I don't understand, I feel like she needs to be given so much more credit than she gets in general, because I'm like underrated because she just she is one of those black actresses doesn't get enough flowers like yeah she did East Bayou people know that they've talked about that a lot but she has done so many more projects and she can act her ass off because another circles around people yes circles because another show that she was in that also got cancelled was Underground Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Underground Mm -hmm. but that was a beautiful storytelling of the underground real world and showing it from a different point of view, not just from a slave's point of view, but actually seeing what they were doing to overcome all of that. And it's just like, you're mm-hmm. telling this story from a different point of view. It's beautiful. The acting is great. There's a lot of top acting in there. And it got canceled. I'm so torn right now. <laughs> Why? Because, so, and it might be, I wouldn't say unpopular opinion, but I get so torn with these shows because as much as I love Lovecraft and I love that telling of underground and shows like that i feel just as and i don't obviously i will never speak for all black people do not put that on me (laughs) i'm gonna speak for this black girl right here you're getting a perspective from someone who is black but also this is my personal opinion as i live my story yeah So let's just say that now because I do not speak for all of y'all. Other people can think however you feel. But for stories like Lovecraft and for Underground and things like that where they did that so well and I love that we got those stories even for how short-lived they were. I don't like, I feel like it just feeds into the aspect that all of our stories always seem to have to be about race, struggle struggle or racism it's like lovecraft like it would have been a, such a great sci-fi story indiana jones meets whatever kind of thing but then they had to make it like let's pull emmett till into this let's re-watch this and let this white girl like you know feel better about it like she's experienced this and let's talk about racism again i was like we could have left that out to me and underground i was like yes but i feel like we also retell and retell and retell even from different aspects the same story even if it's from a more you know uplifting light it's still us being a slave (laughs) no that you make a point because every black story shouldn't be revolved around slavery and that's on period or even just being black and again i said unpopular opinion because i don't want anybody to be like oh you don't want us to be shown and like our stuff to be told i don't want 
to be erased from media at all by any means. But I also don't want my whole identity to be because I'm black or to be that I am black. These characters... <laughs> Like, why can't it be a Black actor playing a character that isn't defined by their Blackness? Yeah, it's the whole thing, because when we talk about representation, I'm like, we're talking about this identity, but is their identity just being Black? So in these shows where these characters have been done wrong, like Hale and like Bonnie and like Abby Mills, if you watch Sleepy Hollow and several other different shows, it's like... They had to have a purpose for being there. They couldn't just be involved and be a real part of the story to me. It made it feel like their only purpose was to be the sidekick or the little confidant or to sacrifice themselves for their other non-melanated characters or to prove that, hey, we have a black person in here too. So like, don't get mad at us. We're beating the quota of diversity. Right. And I feel like being that token person and meeting your quota is an actual representation to me. Yeah. So while I enjoy seeing these faces and being able to like say, oh, the, you know, there's someone who I can resonate with on the show, I also don't feel like it's true representation, at least in my mind. No, for sure. Because to me, it feels like more of an object, <laughs> a prop, mm -hmm. as opposed to the having the autonomy of being like an actual intricate part of the story. Mm -hmm. And that's really annoying to me. <laughs> or, because I also look at it from a different perspective as a Latina, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to go into that just because this is the episode for it. But it's just like also Black characters playing a stereotype. Like, why is it that Black and Brown people have to feel a stereotype when it comes to different roles too? Because who are the drug dealers? Who are the maids? Who are the babysitters? Who are the, the mammies? And hopefully that doesn't offend anybody. But honestly, when you look at different Black characters, it's also what roles are these people filling and is that really diversity? Is that actually something significant to that storyline? And why is it that the Black or Brown person has to play these characters? Well, you know, like you said, like, they are, it's like they're being seen as, and honestly, I'm not, no, I'm not going to say it's not someone's fault for not being educated or getting past biases or whatever they think is right. But if you don't have, well, that's already said, being black identity being represented on both sides, because if you don't have someone on the other side of the camera <laughs> or in the room putting a voice to it, then it's like, it would be like me sitting in a room telling a Latina story and I'm over here telling you what I think it is like to be Latina or what I think a Latina person is. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, to a lot of directors or writers or whoever and stuff like that, when they're casting these roles for Black people, that's how, at least to me, that's how it feels that that's how we're seen. Mm -hmm. We're seen as that assists that their purpose is to help me in this way or to be a means to an end and not necessarily just stand on their own. And so I think that's why we get cast in these roles because that's what it seems like we fit or what we are. And it's really reducing. <laughs> and I think it's stripping more identities than giving them in these depictions. So that's why I say I'm torn when I come to these shows because I'm like, I love them so much, but at the same time, I wish we had more of ones that actually gave us our identity back and actually have real representation and didn't make us like a part of a plot tool. Or less than. Or less than. And granted, not all. Obviously, I've seen plenty that 
do a great job of showing the other side of that, but not all of them do that, but it's not enough. It's not enough to outweigh Mm -hmm. what we've been seeing in the media. We went real deep and onto one end, but let's talk about some positives when it comes to Black representation. Can you think of any characters off of the top of your mind that's played by Black characters and they actually got like either a good storyline or their role wasn't defined by their Blackness? I know you have a few, especially your show that got canceled with the family. I do. And let me think. Ooh. I have a couple. I have a couple. I'm going to bring this one up just because it was one of my most recent ones that I was showing you guys at con that a lot of people didn't even know about. Well, Tom Swift. And if you don't know, if you haven't seen Tom Swift, basically Tom Swift is a son and kind of actually I think he is kind of head of this company at some point. But his family is basically they're billionaires. Think of Tony Stark, but black people, (laughs) inventors, creators, they didn't get their money from being ball players or rappers or drug dealers or anything like that. They're educated black people who have nice things and like nice things and are just part of that society. But it's because of science and invention and intellect and something happens. I'm not going to spoil it because I really hope y'all watch it even though it got canceled. But you know, be in this upset with me. Watch it anyway and get that cliffhanger that I got. (laughs) And then we can discuss it. And then we can discuss it and maybe come create our own fan, like keep it going or something. I don't know. I hope they find a way to bring it back. Honestly, I think the actors have said that as well. But yeah, something happens with his dad. I won't say what. And so he has to kind of take up this mantle as not only heading this company that he wasn't really ready for because he's also a queer black man. He's kind of like a little playboy. Again, I said, think of Tony Stark, billionaire, playboy, <laughs> like philanthropist, all of that, but black. So he's kind of like still having his fun period and escapades. And so he has to kind of jump into action and really become this head of this company and be there for his mom during this time while he's actually still trying to find this mystery and see if he can still help his dad and figure out what's going on and where he is and stuff. And there's like secret societies and almost Illuminati like and you've got his bodyguard who is trans and it's just I love the variety the diversity and the inclusion of it and I love that it's not a stereotype as cheesy as it can be but it's just fun to see because I also grew up watching the things like the Huxtables and just different things like that where I got to see families that weren't just represented as oh we're in the hood as a black person and so I really love that show as an option it's like I want to <laughs> I want to mention the Black Lightnings and the Luke Cages, but I also have so many I mean, thoughts. We could also bring up the Blades because we let's talk about Wesley Snipes as Blade. And mind you, I can have the argument of this is the first Marvel movie. Blade is a comic book character. Mm-hmm. It is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, coming soon uh, whenever they finish that project with the new actor. But Wesley Snipes as Blade was probably one of the things as a kid that I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is when I fell in love with vampires. Like, I was just like, everything vampires. Because <laughs> what this man, he was fighting Blade too. Girl, what? I was his, just like, black his leather. <laughs> That's what started it. He was the main character. He was not a plot device. He was kicking ass, taking names. In the first movie, you know, he, they almost took him out, but they didn't. Right? Because he got some blood in him. And then Mm -hmm. that epic fight that they had at the end of the first movie. We're not going to talk about the sequel or the prequel, but the first movie was one of the things that I still remember. Like, 
my brother, that's a comic book head, right? Because one of my brothers is super into comic books and he was so excited for Blade. And like, I can't tell you how many times I saw that first movie when I was younger. That was <laughs> a pivotal point of me being a nerd when I was younger, especially moving not just with the love that I have for anime, but moving into that comic book, Marvel, mm-hmm. DC mm-hmm. love that I have. And it's just like... You didn't think about the fact that he was a black vampire. He was just a half-human, half-vampire character. His blackness wasn't what drove the story at all. And it's just like, I feel like Blade does not get enough light shine on it when it comes to black representation in a positive light. Mm -hmm. Black representation from a Marvel standpoint as being a main character in his storyline. The representation of it being a great first caught like that is one of the first real comic book movies that i know of i could be wrong but that i know of that went as big as it did and had the franchise that it did for the three movies that it did the second and the third movie may not have lived to the storyline of the first i mean i still watched them all i did with too. the loyalty <laughs> and triple h was in the third one right. there was a point in time where you know i was a wwf wwe girl you know generation you know? x and the chinas i may not watched it anymore but there was a point in time where i was obsessed so i was just like okay I'm it's the third movie it. i don't know what it's gonna be but Black Vampire and Triple H, I'm here. Sold. Ronnie Reynolds was also yeah. in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I might be a little obsessed with Deadpool. But anyways, we're not talking about him right now. I think Blade is like a pinnacle of this is the way that a black character should be. Like, you are the main character. If there is no Blade, there is no motherfucking movie. If there is no Blade, where's the story? And it was a character. He was his actual. He got to just be the character. Yes. <laughs> he for us, we got to see a cool ass black vampire, but we also got to see like he was actually playing a care like his actual role, and it was not based off of him being black. <laughs> it was based off of him being a badass fucking vampire who was just in the daylight and he had his own thing going on. And that's just what we need more of. <laughs> it's what we need more of. And I know. That and thank you for reminding me with that when you did that because I think that's what you meant earlier when you were like, my show. <laughs> I got you. I've been following you now. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. But yeah, no, you said it just right. Uh, he was playing this actual great portrayal, and when I saw the new, I don't. This might be a spoiler for some people, but I hope not because if you were a fan of this, just in general ahead of time, you probably already saw the show and are excited for season two. But the new Interview with a Vampire series was done. Oh my gosh. I thought it was done so well and I love the portrayal that they did <laughs> and the angle they took from this one because it gave us Louis. <laughs> Louis, Louis, Louis. He is played by the same actor. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. The same actor who played in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I can't even think of his character name now, but I mean, black guy. Wanda. You know who I'm talking about. 
Huh? Wormer? Wormer? Wormer. Yeah, thank you. Girl, I didn't thank even you. watch uh, Game of Thrones. But I knew who he was because there is a guy that cosplays him every year. There is. Time. And he, oh my God, he does and such a great job. the only reason why I know who He does that such a good job. Is. But yes, yeah, so Louis, uh, he, so he is cast as Louis. And if you know the original the interview, it was not a black guy, huh? The actor's name is Jacob Anderson. Jacob Anderson. And he does such a fantastic job but what stood out to me in this show was not how well it was done because it was just beautifully done in general but it was the way that they were able to give us the perspective of still someone black in that time period without it being all about them being black in that time period if that makes sense it was like i was watching a black vampire in new orleans during this time the way he moved the way he talked his swag like the way the choices he would make and his inspirations for things i saw i was watching this character i wasn't watching someone try to portray this as like black man or whatever i saw a black man being a vampire and i don't know something about that i would replay certain scenes because i'm just like oh look at that swag i feel like you, you remind me of somebody i know like it, it just <laughs> it was a beautiful portrayal of louis and like the first interview with the vampire movie mind you is one of my favorites right i love it but when i watched the series it hit different right because there are a few points where his race is brought up a couple of times, is, but, but only because it makes sense in that moment because of the year that it is and where they're at. But at the same time, the at the yeah. same time, he's just like, motherfucker, who do you think you're talking to? Like, I'm the one with money here, not you. I might be black, but why are you? No. And it's just like, knowing that he's a vampire on top of it, like, this motherfucker could rip your head and your heart out right now if he wanted to. And he's not. And the thing, the swagger, and then Claudia also being portrayed by the actress that portrayed her in the first season. She was incredible. So incredible. I'm a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie, about season two because of the recasting. And it's not that I don't think new actress isn't going to do a fantastic job and I know some people are gonna be like oh y'all are upset because I think she's more brown skinned than the first Claudia I think I can't remember because I, I didn't know either of these actresses beforehand so yeah. I don't have any other references other than just when I see them which the actress playing her in the first season is Bailey Bass Bailey yes when I say Bailey <laughs> took that damn show i rewatched it i've rewatched it so many times but when i rewatched it with a friend i was like y'all about to you about to get introduced <laughs> you about to get introduced to my girl and you're not gonna be the same and they're just like what and then she slowly slowly and I had one person was like she's a little annoying she well she's a wait but wait oh she made that she did that she can we also talk about the diversity in that show for a vampire show to have the amount of diversity mm-hmm and melanated skin because i gotta point that out because when you look at interview with a vampire the original movie and then you look at the first season of interview with a vampire tv series oh there's a difference baby like there is a difference and it's just like what like you can visually see how at least we have a, lot, a long way to go but how far we've actually come but also i do get the difference in the shows because wasn't louis in the first one like didn't he own a plantation or something like that i believe 
In Isn't that his movie? family? Yeah, in the movie. It was like something, uh-uh. somebody, maybe not him. Uh-uh. It was Lestat. I'm pretty sure it was Lestat. Girl, I'm to have to rewatch that. I just rewatched it. Not that long. That's all I'm like, I could have sworn. Because I was like, oh, well, that's a shift. But also in my mind, though, what I like about shows like that or movies like that, when they don't focus, it's what happens when you don't focus on the character's whole story story or character growth being around race because it did nothing aside from changing like little things around that it did nothing to the it didn't hurt the story it didn't change it overly drastic it was still what we loved and just from a different if the thing is the portrayal that these two actors do in terms of the chemistry and the on screen like visceral reaction between Lestat and Louie throughout the first season. I can feel it through the screen, okay? I've seen the first season twice already. I am planning to do a third rewatch. That's something that we can do like with our audience or whatever. But like (laughs) the visceral reaction of seeing the way that these two interact with each other. Mind you, yes, their relationship is toxic as fuck. But something in me is just like but the way they portray these characters, like, y'all are just giving it that extra oomph that you didn't get with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the original movie. Because it just, their relationship feels... It's like an extra fire. Yes, it's that fire, that sensuality. It's just, ugh, like, it's just, ah, I love them. And it just makes me happy just thinking about it. Now I want to watch it. <laughs> We will, we will. Another good show was Raising Dion. I don't know if anybody has seen it. It's a good example of a mom, a little black boy with powers, and it's super realistic. Where some shows are so over the top and all about race that the person almost becomes a caricature. The writers make it about black struggle or everyone is super blackity black instead of just existing. Kind of like Black Lightning. Don't get me wrong, I love the show, but it feels very, I play a black person on TV to me. Making the whole character arc about being Black to me feels like it's less representative and more, look, we have Black people. We also don't have to be sidekicks or wise confidants or sacrificial lambs for the non-melanated character's happiness or success. You know, like we've mentioned, Bonnie Bennett deserved better. Abby Mills deserved better. Xavier Dawes and Winona Earp, Hale Santiago. That's just naming a few. It's as if we have to have an explanation of why we're there to propel their story and arc or to be the black person, quote unquote. So like, are we? Are we even actually being included in these stories and worlds at that point? We should be able to enjoy stories where the blackness of that character or of that actor shouldn't control the narrative of the story. It does not define them. It is not all of who they are by any means. And they just need to start (laughs) relying on that as their storytelling device because it's not helping us it's not growing in any form of fashion and we could do so much better than that okay so we know we have jumped around a bit in this episode and it's just because we have we both just have so many thoughts (laughs) and points of view on this and it's it's really hard to cover it in one episode without inundating you guys (laughs) with too much and just 
making these too long and we definitely have some other episodes this month and they will probably all span the information will span across a couple of episodes I'm sure because some of these points are going to come up in different just from different angles probably I feel like it'll carry into our next episode and probably the last episode of the month yeah. just because of the topics around there so I feel like some of the stuff will tie together once you listen to all those episodes mm-hmm. because you can only fit so many thought and ideas into whatever especially when you're drinking because we are the nerdy nectar and sipping our nerdy nectar (laughs) yes made by our fabulous bartender who's currently drunk off his own nectar at the moment (laughs) we called it the woodside yes so for this episode the drink is called the woodside Again, the recipe card is going to be posted up so that if you decide you want to drink it. And what did Jared say? Let the ancestors lead you on how many shots of whiskey to put. So the recipe card may say two-ish, but he said fill it out. Whatever they whisper to you, (laughs) like that's what you pour. So yeah, that just lets you know. (laughs) That just, that gives you everything you need to know. But we hope you continue to listen and see what else we have through February and you know give us your feedback. I know again we're we're just getting started with this and we've just we have a lot to say, but we want to make sure you guys are still able to follow us. We know we can be a little ADD, <laughs> but we want to make sure that you guys can still follow us and get the messages that we're trying to put out there and and the information because We do feel like it's important and we do want to share this with you guys. And we don't want you to be an active part of our learning and our growth on this podcast. And so thank you for listening and remember to like, subscribe, review, and check us out on our socials and we'll see you next episode.